taking notes? Everybody else shows up with a notepad. Not everybody else, but we've had guests that shown up with a notepad, and then we kind of shame them into I basically shame them. Yeah, like they put it away. They're like, "Oh, okay, this isn't serious," and then they just sit and watch the <laughs> not me the movie with us. But uh, <laughs> thank you for thank you for taking those notes and thank for you. watching the movie yesterday. And for it being so enthusiastic about this and loving it. So this is your eighth time watching it? <laughs> Roughly, yeah. Roughly. In mm-hmm. your okay. whole in your whole life. Yes. But it had been you said it had been years before you recently before like the last time you watched, you watched it, it really was like Yeah, it took a quite a bit of a break. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Well, let's just start. Let's just do it. Hey everybody. Let's start it. Welcome to Ready, the five. Go. Welcome to the <laughs> son of a gun. Hey everybody, welcome to the 500 Greatest Films Podcast. My name is Hector Navarro. Sitting across from me is my good buddy, Mr. Keller Knobloch. Say hi, Keller. Hi. Keller, who's our very special guest today? Today, we have a guest that's so special. <laughs> a hilarious comedian, host of the Bechtelcast podcast, which is another film podcast that is mm-hmm. better than ours. Oh, way better. So hey, way stop. Better. Into it. This, this, is, into this it. is how much better it is. It's been going for almost two years. It's actually about a real topic that is interesting <laughs> and very vital, and it has some great hosts on it. Yeah, ours is a dated 10-year-old list mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we're going through for some reason. Caitlin Durante is here. Hey! Thanks for having me. Thank, Thank you. you for so much. This movie with us. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, being excited about the movie that we're talking about today. So... Before we get into it, Keller, why don't we just get this out of the way? Oh, no. The one tradition we have on this podcast, actually one of two now, the second tradition will be that by the end of the episode, at some point, we'll ask you which movie would you pick, Caitlin, Mm -hmm. to contribute to a new list of the 500 greatest movies of all time. Okay. And we also got an update. One of our previous guests, Abby Trott, picked the movie The Fifth Element. So I'm going to punch that in. Throw that on. So she picked The Fifth Element. That was going to be mine. (laughs) Was it really? No. No. Let's rethink this. Okay, we'll (laughs) record this next week. Uh, But uh, the other tradition we have is that Keller reads this stuffy British magazine in a stuffy British voice to get us into the mood. It's 2008. It's a long one, too. We're flipping this open. Really? Cut yourself. Feel free to cut yourself off. Oh, it is a long one. It's one of those. Let me see. It's the other. Oh, yeah. It's like double the length. Read it all. Feel free to cut yourself off, Keller. Am I starting? Yeah. Are what are we? What Keller? What are we talking about today? Four hundred and sixty-five. Twelve monkeys. Nineteen hundred and ninety-five. Director Terry Gilliam. Here's a crazy theory for you, Maverick genius Terry Gilliam. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Untamable and outspoken, a thorn in Hollywood's precious derriere since the last days of Python is a director who works best beneath studio colors. Take 12 Monkeys with its weird fangled time-tripping script from David Blade Runner Peoples. Here with the strong producer, big stars, Bruce Willis, and a potty Brad Pitt. Potty. Potty? And potty. (laughs) And a medium budget was a film delivered on time, on budget, and which became a sizable hit. Mm. (laughs) Yet... It lost none of its necessary Gilliamness. Its dystopian Philadelphia underworld glistens with its with his classic Hieronymus Bosch beats Heath Robinson fabulation. It's worth thinking about oh. just picking up those studio offers once in a while, Terry. <laughs> Hieronymus Bosch meets <laughs> Heath Robinson fabulation. Uh, that's been my least favorite description of one of these movies so far. That was the stuffiest that's British. That's the most British. And like Terry Gilliam's not even British. Why do you guys love him so much? <laughs> because Monty Python. I get it, but Br- they should, like, I feel like British people should still be like, oh, Terry Gilliam, the American one. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, they should, but uh, but the they American don't. Um, so we're talking about the movie 12 Monkeys. I've never seen it. Keller, you saw it a long time ago and forgot everything about it. Yes. And Caitlin, it's one of your favorite movies. Yeah. <laughs> although, <laughs> uh, I would rank it among my top like 75 favorite. Oh. I have a lot of favorite movies. Oh. So to, I, I don't want people to hear this and be like, wow, okay, like it's your third favorite movie. Like this no. is under Paddington. Oh, for sure. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Everything's under Paddington. Oh, sure. Paddington's okay. number one. Um, but I do enjoy this movie a lot. I've seen it quite a few times and uh, I am a fan. I'm a fan of all, nearly every time travel movie I've mm. seen. I love uh, time travel narratives. Oh, wait, 
wait, uh, I'm going to interrupt myself real quick and say that that blurb that you just read, yeah. Keller, uh, totally erases the fact that Janet Peoples also wrote the screenplay yes. to this movie. So, True. Jeez. Jan- Erasing women. But yeah, Janet anyway. Peoples. What did Janet Peoples uh, also work on? Did she also work on Blade Runner? Because the other person they mentioned, yeah, they're like so-and-so, Blade David Runner. David Peoples. David Peoples. David Blade Runner Peoples. Uh, which is cool, but like... If David's stealing Janet's thunder, though. <laughs> she uh, also appears to have worked on 12 Monkeys, the series. Oh, that's cool that they got him. Yeah. yeah. And... They got her. That's great. Some other... Uh, the Day After Trinity from 1981. Mm. And then there's something else that I don't know what that is. So maybe her career isn't quite as notable. Either so. way, sorry, Janet. Yeah. No, but no, but still, it's like Janet, when, you're getting thrown in. I like to, any chance I get when people talk, talk about Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm like, yeah, James Gunn did it. Also, that first script was co written or written by Nicole Perlman. Who was we like don't an know. astrophysicist or something? I think mm. so. And she's yeah. writing or she wrote uh, Captain Marvel, I think. So oh, it's really? Like, it's one of those cases where she wrote the a, a draft of the script, and then they hired James Gunn to come in and like. I just watched Mississippi James Burning, Gunn which it. is the two people who are going to direct Captain Marvel. Oh, is it good? Oh, mm-hmm. it's yeah. a good movie. Ooh, I'm excited about that. But anyway, I like to bring ben that Mendelsen. up. It's just like people. Oh, I love him. Ryan Reynolds. That's true. Wait, Ryan good. Reynolds in Mississippi Burning. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ben Mendelsohn's going to be the Mississippi Burning. Is that what you say? That's what you said. Mississippi Burning is an old yeah, movie like, about racism. Yeah, and that's not the one. I, Mississippi <laughs> Grind. Mississippi, Mississippi Grind? Sweet Home Alabama. It was Sweet yeah. Home Alabama. Oh, yes. Love that. Ben Mendelsohn falls in love with his cousin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but back to Janet Peoples also wrote 12 Monkeys. The thing about Blade Runner is like, I don't. my favorite thing about that first Blade Runner movie. And the way it looked. Yeah, it's not the script. I don't. No. That's, a, that's a tough one for me. I know people love Blade Runner, but I don't think it's precious. But precious. But Caitlin... One of your favorite time travel movies. Mm. I know we were talking about that before. You're like, it's up, it's up there for time travel movies, uh, and it's about the eighth time you've seen it in your whole life. And you just rewatched it yesterday for the first time in years. Mm-hmm. What did you think overall? What did? How are you feeling about it right now? Well, uh, since starting the Bechtel cast, mm. I uh, am much more critical of the media that I consume. Yeah. Uh, yes. Especially as it can turn, as it pertains to the portrayal of women yep. and the portrayal of toxic masculinity. Yes. So this movie is an example. Oh, wait, <laughs> guys, I said Terry Gilliam's name and nobody booed earlier. Oh yeah. So he's a piece of shit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Boo. Terry boo, Gilliam. boo. Terry Gilliam. Wait, what all, what's, what's his story these days? He's making fun of the me too movement. Oh, okay. oh. yeah. Boo. Terry he's Gilliam. He's like mocking it. Mm-hmm. I probably like pretty, remember. Yeah. Jesus yeah. mm-hmm. God. Anyway, so I'm not uh, surprised. <laughs> one of the main components of this movie is uh, a man abducting a woman, <laughs> yeah. and then but he's from the future, <laughs> right? Sorry, I sorry, sorry. You don't remember that anybody from the future can abduct anybody they want to. <laughs> sorry, I'll withdraw my statement. Um, <laughs> but you know, just just to play devil's advocate, okay, okay, Caitlin, okay, what okay. is your statement? <laughs> what is your? So there's a really good. Um, a video essay from Pop Culture Detective, which is this like video series, uh, and he calls out a lot of toxic masculinity in media. And one of them is a trope that he calls abduction as romance. Mm-hmm. And this movie gets cited in that uh, video essay. Mm-hmm. But, is this the same guy that did that did uh, or the same YouTube channel that did um, Born Sexy yesterday? Yes, Born Sexy, exactly. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, great. That's a great. Yeah, I may have seen the abduction as romance, but yeah, go on. Great. I got to look this stuff up. It's good. It's you good. Gotta, the Born Sex yesterday is like, it goes hard after Fifth Element and basically every sci-fi movie that's like, look at this fully grown woman who is a baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Her mind is a baby, but her body is a it's filled with boobies. <laughs> so many boobies in there. <laughs> stuff to How the do you get them all in there? With boobies. <laughs> Just with a genetically, full of boobs. We've genetically engineered this pile of boobies. <laughs> but because she's never met another man. You're perfect for her. <laughs> Don't worry. She's yes. got bandages on. <laughs> you're st- her standards are in non-existent, so you're the dream guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, same video essayist, mm-hmm. uh, yes, and yes. he talks at length about how about this like very problematic trope where a lot of movies will have a man abducting a woman who will later become his love interest. Mm. And that doesn't happen 
to that great of an world. effect. That's <laughs> yeah. true. That's true. Both in of reality, you are, both of you are correct. Keller uh, doesn't doesn't happen in the real world, and Caitlin doesn't happen to a greater effect in the film. Right? It's not. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, there is. They do have a kiss at the end. Yeah. Um, but it basically it goes from uh the Madeline Stowe character, Doctor uh, Rayleigh, I think is her name. Mm-hmm. Uh, goes from being like, oh, this man's abducting me. He is violent. He is scary. I am fearful for my life and safety. Because she's to... a psychiatrist, and yeah. so she, right. I don't know. And he is a, he's perceived to be mentally ill. Yes. And the movie explores whether or not that's actually true to some degree, because mm-hmm. he, he does seem to be hearing voices from this guy who keeps calling him Bob, and it's unclear whether or not that's an actual person or if that is like a manifestation of a mental illness that he Especially does have since she like sees him later on right mm-hmm. but then he pretends to be like who are you i'm just a homeless yeah. guy so mm-hmm. uh that remains a little unclear i think in the movie but uh so she is scared of him and then um for reasons that we as the audience do end up understanding in terms of like yeah i am from the future and then she starts to believe him and there's evidence to support you mm-hmm. know what he's been saying all along but the fact remains that he abducted her and threatened her with violence tied her up like all this stuff and she is for a large part of the movie very scared and then all of a sudden she's like actually it's a weird switch i'm really on board with this guy i think he's he's onto something here not only on board but like cared for him romantically which yes. was a weird because i was paying attention it was drastic it was it was it's a drastic drastic change. out of nowhere and i was thinking as we were watching the movie towards the end i was like could this have worked where she just platonically like also believed him and also was along do you know what i mean there's and no I'm like, reason it oh, needed yeah, to be romantic absolutely and in a way it would almost be more more compelling, less cliched, less like, you know, sort of like, ugh, you, you're rolling your eyes at like, oh, she she really, really, she fell for him, she loves him, whatever. If it was a platonic relationship between a man and a woman, the woman is the psychiatrist, this doctor who is going against her own beliefs and actually buying into this guy's like mission and then trying to help him. I thought that that would be, you know, it's mm-hmm. like a, it would be like a workplace. Especially because yeah. they already have established a like doctor patient yeah. relationship. Yeah. Which totally. like for that to also then turn into a romantic one is like very weird and yes. problematic. Unethical. It's I true. wonder if it was like a studio note for the studio to be it like probably no definitely they have was. to end I up together. I bet it's together. in Bruce Willis's contract. I gotta fuck somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I just yeah it was like yeah that was that was weird and then i think they tried to like justify it by like you're saying you're pointing out caitlin that she kept saying throughout the movie i feel like i've known him from somewhere mm-hmm. they, and they did yeah they, they hinted that like because she was doing research or studying she saw a picture from 1917 but she doesn't from, follow in love with right. a 1917 picture yeah right. he was shirtless and naked in that picture mm-hmm. so hey, look still this movie shouldn't even try to be kate and leopold we already got kate and leopold we already <laughs> exactly. got the time travel do you know what i'm saying that's great and kate- you don't have hugh jackman why yeah. try why try <laughs> why try we don't believe it but if it's Leopold. I'm not buying it unless it's you. And Meg Ryan. I believe it. I totally believe it. So anyway, yeah, that was, um, yeah, so you were looking at that. Yeah, that was my main takeaway upon this revisit mm-hmm. of the movie. There's a, there's another thing that I uh, noticed. She's going Sorry, to the let notes. Me go go going into to the, the notes. Going to the notes. So I don't remember if I figured this out any of the other times that I watched this or not, but this movie it doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. As most. <laughs> oh, awesome! Great. As most time travel time. movies, right. that you know, if you start to think about them for even a second, you'll be like, True. "Oh, this everything falls apart." Everything falls well, apart. Well, Back to yeah. the Future is your favorite time travel movie. Y- yes. And one of your favorite movies ever, anyway. Correct. Okay. Okay. Cool. We <laughs> did Back to the Future Part Two on this list already. Oh, Part Two. Yeah. Yeah. That okay. The. F- it's Don't weird to watch started. now. It's mm-hmm. weird to watch now, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Don't Have get me started because I will not. Yet? We did the first one as a bonus oh, episode. Oh, man. Two will be even crazier, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. Because the woman, they're like, oh, oh, we wrote her in the first movie that she gets into the car. So Which is great. We have to. Right. So she would have been so cool to have her participate in uh-huh. the story, you mean? Uh-huh. But then they're like, we're there. Marty. We, we can't use her. <laughs> We gotta knock her unconscious, Monty. What the? F- <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? And they just rehash the worst part of the first movie, the yeah. rape part. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you have 
old Biff. Who's Donald Trump. Yeah, and, Donald Trump. And then it's racist, <sighs> where the guy sh- the Asian guy shows up, and you're like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Let's remember that? Yes. Yeah. Where he goes, McFry, McFry. like screams oh, it. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. It's real bad. It's, mm-hmm. So two is the least best out of the three. The worst thing, though, that Crispin Glover controversy. Yeah. <laughs> Why would they do that to Willard? Uh, <laughs> leave Willard alone. Leave Willard alone. Just hire him. Pay him. Oh, boy. Anyway. Right. So um, let me poke some holes into the story yeah, of this because, movie. Because just to, not to shit on Back to the Future, the first, like I also love all three of those movies mm-hmm. and all of their flaws. Like mm-hmm. there, 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 there are things in those movies that now are totally inexcusable, but I love the, the trilogy. That time travel in that movie makes no sense. That's the one that to True. me is my favorite example of like, well, that, that falls apart <laughs> nope. in, instantaneously. My favorite time travel movie is Prisoner of Azkaban, Prisoner Harry of Potter. Azkaban. Mm-hmm. We yeah. talked about it. I was like, that's airtight. That's that time travel, you know, usage where I'm like, there's no, Flaws. It's, it's perfect. It all loops up and makes sense. I like 12 Monkeys, having never seen it, watching it for the first time just now. Makes sense to me. We talked about the ending. I being... also just re-listened to the Prisoner of Azkaban audiobook. <laughs> oh. And that entire thing takes place in the last hour and a half yeah. of the audiobook. It's dope. Of like mm-hmm. that 12 yeah. hour book. Of yeah, Dumbledore giving him the little. Yeah, they theory. do. You know what? Let's throw a little bit of time traveling. Three turns. Right at so the end. Good. And it's really it good. It's really it good. Is. But back to 12 Monkeys. And I'm I'm so looking forward to what you're about to say. So far from having seen it one time, I'm like, I think it checks out. Like, I think that everything logistically makes especially sense. Since nothing well, Hector. Ed, especially <laughs> since nothing actually comes of any of it. Yeah. Kind of. It's a, it's so a I'm loop. like, what holes could there be? But Here please, go. please Allow destroy me. it. Please. Okay, so James Cole, our hero, Bruce, old Bruce, mm-hmm. he has a recurring dream slash vision throughout the movie mm-hmm. it's uh, a scene of them of him viewing him as a kid mm-hmm. at an airport mm-hmm. seeing this scene unfold where some, a man collapses yeah. a woman runs after him Tiger there's shirt. a guy with a, yeah. a briefcase yeah and a beautiful flowing <laughs> red ponytail, <laughs> ponytail. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and as the story unfolds more and more of that makes sense. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, that's this thing and this. Um, now for him to, okay, let me hang on. I wrote this all out. <laughs> you could just read it. If I you also want. like that the ponytail is a fake out. <laughs> Wait a second, that's not Brad Pitt's right. ponytail. <laughs> yeah, because I think at one point, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, at one point Bruce Willis dreams Brad Pitt is there. Do we see yeah, him? He dreams with the, the hair? ponytail. Right. So that's just because Bruce Willis had by that point met Brad Pitt in the mental institution in the year 1990 and was like casting him in his dream and sort of put him there. So then we as the audience are led to believe, oh, that's him. And this is like right Right. in the middle of the run of Power Rangers. So ponytails were in. They were in. It's a red herring and it's a red wig. Red hair. Red hair-ing. hair-ing. Okay, so so that's the vision. So this is the vision. And then as the movie goes on, we realize that the man who's collapsing mm-hmm. is adult James Cole, mm-hmm. which means Bruce that is. if young James saw that, mm. it, it means that him as an adult already figured out who the bad guy was, mm. old, old red hair, mm. and that he was trying to stop him, which negates the whole movie. Because if, if he's seeing all that unfold as a kid, mm-hmm. that's already happened. He's already figured out who the bad guy is. Yeah, he's like, and oh, then I'll just do this. None of that, none of the rest of the movie needs to happen then. And then he needs to stop himself. Yeah. You're saying, so at the beginning of the movie, adult Bruce Willis is going to get sent back in time and he needs to tell his overlords, no, it's me, I'm the bad guy, just shoot me in the head so that none of this ever happens. Well, no, well... <laughs> No, it's more that, so the whole movie is Bruce Willis trying to figure out, trying to connect the Army of the Twelve Monkeys yeah. to the virus that gets spread, mm-hmm. which we find out that that is not, they're not Basically responsible for Basically find out it. the origin of the Twelve Monkeys. Right, but yeah. that doesn't, that's a whole, uh, that's the red herring. Yeah. So the the real bad guy is the red hair red man. Red hair mm-hmm. <laughs> Who we already did that, Kelly. Oh, okay. Did that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a callback. Yeah. <laughs> So him so James Cole figuring out that he is the bad guy happens at the very end in the airport scene. Co- correct. So for Bruce young Bruce to see that young unfold Bruce. Mm-hmm. 
We'll just call him the kid. <laughs> We're gonna call. Yeah, we'll the call kid. him the kid. So, so he rides in on a little bike. Yeah. He's like Spencer Presley, get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if I'm explaining this well, but it makes sense in my head. So I think I, I think I'm picking up what you're. If he sees down. it as a kid, if why would it happen again? Well, exactly. Like oh. they figured out who who's responsible and how they can track it and all that stuff. So there would be no need for them to then send back adult like the day that kid grows up and shaves his head he's gonna be like it's me oh wait no he had that wig on the the whole time (laughs) okay once he goes through that phase in high school he's like it was me well (laughs) i i think that what if the movie is trying to say that he only basically that the the movie's trying to say that the kid bruce willis the kid Mm -hmm. saw that event and was traumatized so it's trauma it affected him no, his mom didn't die. Oh, sorry. I, was ta- I thought we were talking about the kid. <laughs> no, we're not talking about <laughs> well, the kid. Five million people. Five, five billion five people. Five billion people died. But he sees this event. Yeah, first of all, then in like a few, in like a year or two, his entire world changes where, yes, five billion people die. So he goes through that event. So then he will vaguely remember. I'm just saying maybe the movie was trying to hint. What if the movie was trying to hint at this whole event at the airport was trauma that happened to the kid? So the kid has a hazy recollection of it. The kid has he couldn't, you know, piece things together. And there's that thing of it would take 10, 15, 20 years for the kid to turn into adult Bruce Willis. Would he have recognized himself in the mirror you know, knowing not knowing that time travel could even be possible, sort of a thing. Like, because he's like, the, yeah, eighteen years old. He's like, I look vaguely like, like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. The, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but with bigger eyebrows. And then he, you know, and then yeah, we get to the we get to the the, the beginning of the movie, which is the end of um of. Well, I'm already confusing myself. But the point is, is twelve what monkeys. what if the movie Red is saying in. he couldn't, even though the kid saw all of that. Mm-hmm. He doesn't remember the details. He just remembers the the traumatic event of somebody getting shot at an airport. It becomes a dream to him because he survived. He lives through the apocalypse, essentially, so that when we get to old Bruce Willis, there's no way he thought that that really happened. He always thought of it as the same dream that he had. Well, that tracks. And that that isn't the issue. It's more. It's not that, oh, how it doesn't make sense for him to see himself and not recognize himself. Mm-hmm. That, because of course, like young, but that young kid isn't going to recognize that tiger shirt. Like, no one's going to forget that. <laughs> ever. That will be burned into Stained your retina. Stained in blood? Yeah, burned into your retina. Definitely. It's like, that's hideous. It's more that why would, if, if adult Bruce has figured out that the. the Red hair is the mm-hmm. bad guy and that he's trying to stop him by trying to shoot him at the airport, which mm-hmm. is the scene that the kid sees. Mm-hmm. If that's all happening, which is basically the next step for the scientists of the future to, to know. stop. You'll yeah. know that the red haired oh. guy is then the bad guy. They Then he and he figures all of this out at the airport. In the last few in the scenes, very end of the in the movie. very end, the last few scenes of the movie, he figures it out. He goes over and makes a phone call. So you're saying right then and there he should have in the phone call and did, what did he say in that last phone call to the to the cleaning service that ended up being the machine the answering machine that they would get the messages oh, right. from he said something he, he like, tells them it's not the army of the twelve monkeys right he doesn't know exactly at that point who it is oh. but he's just saying like our lead was wrong because yeah. the twelve monkeys are just releasing animals from a zoo right he says it's somebody else it's somebody else yeah 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 yeah. So, I liked the animals that was fun <laughs> that was good I liked when Paddington, Paddington was, was there. there yeah he was there. Yeah. Yeah, Pat that one that one that. tusked elephant. That was cute. Yeah, that was sad. We were all like, "Oh, it's like what happened?" In nah, they got out. They I got want to that run. movie. Where does Tusk go? The, I feel like <laughs> you yeah. mean that Kevin Smith movie? Yeah, yes. Tusk. <laughs> <laughs> they gave it to a dude instead. <laughs> so, so then he knows all of this, Caitlin. At the end, what should have happened to like fix it? Well, I think I understand why that runner is there this like the dream mm-hmm. because at the end we're like oh my god he figured it out he pieced it all together like the, the players in the scene are there but for that to have happened or for him to have seen that scene play out mm-hmm. doesn't make sense because he's seeing an event that only would have happened if he didn't figure it out right i'm I, like it's oh. confusing for me to even think about or try to explain but basically, because they've already, in that scene, 
they figured out who the bad guy is and they try to stop him. They're unsuccessful. But then we see the shot in the airplane Mm -hmm. where one of the scientists from the future is like, I'm here for insurance and we can maybe assume that she's going to stop him or she, at least she's going to be able to track the virus and find the cure or whatever. But that it tweet at me if you know what I'm talking about. You're talking about a self fulfilling prophecy, Mm -hmm. right? You're talking, you're talking about how, John Connor couldn't have been born unless oh, yeah. Kyle Reese. Unless okay. Kyle Reese goes back in time to to have, have sex, sex with with, mom. with Sarah Connor, mm-hmm. but he doesn't go back in time until John Connor orders him to. Right. So, it's like that. It's like it's the paradox of many time travel movies mm-hmm. where, in order for the first thing to happen the time travel would have already needed to occur. Correct. So the past is something the past. similar yeah. is happening here, but I just, I don't have the words or the brain power to explain it. <laughs> I Let me, and let me try. No one is asking you to do that. Let me, let me try. <laughs> let me figure it out. So we're at the end of the airport. Mm-hmm. Bruce Willis figures out who the bad guy is. Yes. His mission should end and he should go and he should go and make a call and go. It's the orange haired guy. Yeah. So let's get him. Or, you know, let's find information on him to then in the future find the cure, save the world, go back to the surface of the world, bing, bang, boom, the mm-hmm. world is safe. But they're instead, like, we have one more squib left, insta- so you gotta get shot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> instead, he still, even though he knows he's gonna die, he know, because he saw it as a child, he still decides to, in a futile attempt, run after the bad guy and shoot a gun at him. No, is that kind of what you're saying? That like it doesn't make sense that he still runs after no. the guy? No. Okay. Okay. As a kid, we here, should have seen got this a, all you've, happen. You've got a pen. Just start drawing it out. That always uh, everybody the, listening, shut the, the fuck up. To the <laughs> timeline. Guys, stop okay. fucking talking. Okay. We have to we think can, about. We this. can move on to no, something no, no, else. No, 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 no way, Jose. No way, Caitlin. There is a child. Yes, it is baby Bruce Willis. We're calling him the kid. We're calling him the kid, not to be confused with Bruce Willis is the kid. We've got it. Disney's the kid. Let's confuse it. I consider them. Let's confuse them. I consider them both shared universe. It's a cinematic universe. So we've got a stick figure. Caitlin just drew a stick figure that. That's the kid. Here's a bigger stick figure. We've got a slightly larger stick <laughs> That's figure. That's Bruce Willis. This is Bruce Willis from this 12 Monkeys, is not the kid. thrilling. We're going to call him Die Hard, just We're to keep call things him die simple. Hard. We've got Die Hard. <laughs> and I did kid. call Bruce Willis Die Hard during this movie. <laughs> yeah. I That's called what, him by his God-given Christian name, <laughs> die, die Hard. hard. <laughs> First name Die, last name Hard. Okay, so Caitlin, you've got, two, hard. you've got two stick figures on the paper. Die Hard and the kid. What's next? <laughs> Okay, so this the kid sees Die Hard. Okay, <laughs> Die Hard is seeing visions of the kid through the kid's eyes yes. of adult <laughs> Die Hard. Die Hard getting shot, getting shot in an airport, much like Die Hard Two. Much yeah. like if die you've hard ever too. seen that. Yeah, unofficial that title: the- Die Harder. Die Harder. Unofficial title. Okay, so right now you've drawn two circles around each of the stick figures. There's an arrow and an pointing arrow. from the kid to Die Hard. Thank you. Keep going. This is a, a audio podcast only. So, Caitlin, keep going. We're right there with you. I'll so Instagram this. This if you is want. what Die Hard is seeing. Die is that Hard is wide ruled or college ruled paper? Wide. Okay, wide. Wide. You're wide. wide ruled there we go. paper. You can recreate it at home. No, you will t- tweet a picture of this out. Thank you. Okay, great. Thank you so much. When this, this episode will go live Monday morning, so we'll bug you to tweet yeah. this out. Okay. Excellent. Sorry. So, to make you do labor. On Die the Hard is seeing the visions of the kid at his the airport. His own vision. His own yeah. vision, arrow pointing to of Die Hard dying. <laughs> What's next? Okay, so at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. Die, Die Hard. Mm-hmm. Die Hard. Effectively resolves the this, conflict. We have a second circle second around circle. Die Hard. <laughs> he effectively resolves the conflict. The, object, the objective of the movie isn't Get information. to... information. Yeah, just gather information so that they can track the course it's of the virus for and intel. develop... Mm-hmm. And develop a cure so that the people of the present, aka our future, mm-hmm. can, can rebuild society. Right. Now, just a sidebar: is that because the people of the the present, aka our future, the people that send Die Hard, is it because they also understand you cannot change the past in time travel? Like, do they have that understanding of time yes. travel? This, okay. This movie takes. Uh, um, there are different variations, of course, of the time travel narrative and all the philosophy behind that. Mm-hmm. Some of them are like predestiny that you can't change the past my favorite. you can't create yeah. alternate timelines which mm-hmm. is not the one that god already the future knows what's going to what's that <laughs> i said god already knows what's going to happen thank you 
The they, only one the who only could travel through time and change the past. And become a patient in a mis- mental hospital. Uh-huh. And fall in love with a woman he kidnaps. And put on a mustache. Is and get shot in a tiger shirt. Our is Lord, the Lord Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Amen. Okay, Caitlin, keep going. We've got a second circle around Die Hard. <laughs> All right. So he resolves the conflict. So now we're back to that. He has solved the movie. The kid movie. should have seen Die Hard resolve said conflict. <laughs> he wasn't looking at a man with a wig and a mustache at a payphone. So no, he. Do- but the kid doesn't see the resolving of the conflict. The kid is just walking around looking at airplanes because he's the kid. <laughs> Actually, that's the True. plot of the that's movie. He, Disney <laughs> <the kid. laughs> he like loves airplanes. I love airplanes. He loves airplanes. He does. <laughs> Holy shit! And wait a second. <laughs> die Hard is an airport, like in Die Hard Two. Okay, so now we're back to this. So. The this the is the film. real thing we need to talk about, yeah. how all Bruce Willis movies are yeah. connected. They, <laughs> they are. are. And all Brad Pitt movies have numbers in them. Look it up. And we, a lot of Bruce Willis ones do too. Mm-hmm. Brad, yes. And we, this is Bruce Willis's third time, or this was his second time travel movie. No, thir- first time travel movie at this mm-hmm. point, mm-hmm. but he's been in three. Yeah. And Looper has two zeros in the title, so that's numbers. Exactly. Mm. <laughs> Thank you. The next time Brad Pitt and seven, Bruce seven Willis years in Tibet. worked together Ocean's was 11, Ocean's, Ocean's 12. 12. Ocean's 13. Whoa. whoa. 12 Years a Slave. 12 Monkeys. 12 Ocean's monkeys. 12. Six Cents. Ocean's Six Cents. Seven. Seven. Ocean's 12 Monkeys. Sinbad and no. the Seven Seas? Yeah, Sinbad what, Legend of the Seven that, Seas. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. a Mexican. That's one Mexican. <laughs> that's a number. The, no, it's the Mexican. The. That's still a number. That's <laughs> I like a, a Mexican. That's a signifier number. noun. That's one. It's not the Mexicans. It's, no, it's singular. Not. It's one. Mm-hmm. One so Mexican. You know. You so, know. So, Caitlin, end of the movie. Die Hard has resolved the conflict. What next? Okay. I just get just get to drawing. Just get to drawing. Just get into the zone. I'm a very visual learner. Yes. So if you drew this, I'd... we will describe the drawing. There's, there's no way I can yes, draw what is. I'm describing. Caitlin, the yes, kid has is. circled Die Hard. <laughs> you got this, Caitlin. Caitlin, we got your back. Okay. Just 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 write stuff out. Just draw stuff out. Just what are okay. you what are you feeling? What's happening? So. Uh, Dream. I'm gonna. <laughs> Good. She's ri- she wrote the word dream under the line, connecting <laughs> the arrow the two circles from the kid. That's the dream. I'm right there with you. What's next? Basically, okay. I'm gonna. All right. If he is seeing his adult version of himself resolving the conflict of the movie, then there's no need for this adult. Adult diehard. Diehard. We're definitely to go back in time <laughs> to then go back in time for this then young mm. kid yeah because the kid then as he grows into a full-grown diehard so this is the journey you got okay. the journey and you've got the dream so there's a second there's a, there's a second line that caitlin has drawn from the bottom of the circle you've around got the, the dream kid. but you're living the journey it's a, it's, a, it's, it's a classic hero's journey hero's, hero's journey. journey that line classic labeled hero's, hero's journey. journey is going back to the bottom of the diehard circle so what you're saying is basically is that the kid's knowledge should have solved the movie well especially since the no brute <laughs> diehard has spent his entire life having this dream as the kid of these events taking place. But again... Like, so he should recognize but that's, everything happening. But that's the movie, is that he doesn't, and he thinks it is a dream and not an actual that's memory. That's the movie. The movie, it lets us know, right, that it, he doesn't understand that it is a memory of his past. He thinks it is the same dream that he has over and over again. And he's, It's you know, not even that. It's Okay, okay here's what it is. Whenever uh, Dr. Rayleigh looks up after adult diehard has been shot and yes. she's like wait a minute i know that there's a kid around and she sees the kid yes and she kind of like gives this look this expression like everything will be fine because he's gonna grow up to be diehard die yeah <laughs> or she should have just done something she's like hey kid you're gonna live with me now <laughs> i'm gonna remember, raise you as remember my when you were my boyfriend exactly. uh five minutes ago Horrifying. now you're my son Horrifying. Um, just like that nicole kidman movie what was that? Remember that one where her the husband others. died? No, her husband died. Australia. And then, tw- and then like 12 years later. Eyes wide shut. Nope. 10 years later, a kid showed Big up. Big Little Lies. I think it was called like The Gift or something. The Gift. Where like 10 years later, a kid showed up and he was like, I'm your husband. Like the interpreter. He, he was claiming to be her reincarnated husband. Oh. What? I don't know yeah. this movie at all. I'm, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. I'm going to look. I'm going to. I'm going to look it up. Is because, there a well, number in the title? I just, don't care. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm just going to find the name of the movie. Seven years in Australia? Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't the gift. By Baz Luhrmann. The That's how long it? that movie was. Seven years. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. Okay, I'm gonna go to 
Go to IMDb. Kidman. No, it's I never Internet do. Movie Database. No, dude, I never do IMDb. I do Wikipedia, baby. Whoa. They don't know shit. I'm going to read every history, <laughs> all the history of Nicole Kidman. Okay, so the movie when was... When did she get divorced from Tom Cruise? Trespass? Uh, no, that's not it. That looks terrible. I'm glad we're finding out. Hang on, hang on. Putting in the time. Oh, my gosh. Die Hard's not in this movie, nor is the kid. Then why are we looking at... We're looking at a movie that might be similar. Is what's It sounds like a fascinating movie. I mean, I'd watch it. It's not just go with it. It doesn't exist. It's a dream that Hector's been having his whole life, but it's going to happen in the future. Whoa. What? (laughs) That's okay. That isn't it. How old is this movie? Oh, here it is. 2004. It was called Birth. Birth. The film follows Anna, Nicole Kidman, who becomes convinced that her deceased husband, Sean, has been reincarnated as a 10-year-old boy. Despite praise for Kidman's acting in Glazer's direction, Birth received mixed reviews. Yeah, you know why? Because it wasn't romantic or scary. It didn't p- pick a lane. Like, mm. that premise it's is only either creepy. terrifying. Right, it's either creepy and terrifying or, like, emotional and romantic it's and, supposed to be and uplifting real. or something. And it didn't settle on either. It tried to be both. And I was like, you can't do that with such a weird premise where a 10-year-old kid actors like i'm your husband and she yeah. is convinced it's either real or it's either he's like insane yeah and it's just the kid from wrinkle in time but it's yeah. like, i'm pretty sure you're my husband actually and he, <laughs> and he knew like details of of the guy's life and whatever like so interesting premise i want execution well i would be very disturbed if they did take like a romantic right maybe not maybe <laughs> not it maybe shouldn't have been romantic or maybe just like make emo- it like a emotional thriller like, to where you know sure sweet and saccharine and like it's, no it's his my husband what it is is she believes that and it's obviously not at all true and we just have to deal with the ramifications yeah of that child dealing with that situation yeah. oh that's right like she forces it on him she's mm-hmm. like no you're my husband and yeah. he's like lady mm-hmm. i'm a 10 year old kid ding ding and rides away little tremblays <laughs> gonna play this Little person tra- he would crush it he would he'd nail it in a prosthetic so yeah back to this just to wrap <laughs> we my, really don't have to just to, no we're gonna nail this we've got 25 minutes left we've got the kid he's got a circle around him we've yes. got die hard he's got a circle around him Two there's lines. an arrow from the kid going to die hard that says dream there's Up above. a second arrow that says hero's journey down below so it's Caitlin's so over this. This is great. Sorry, Caitlin. We're gonna have to have. We need you to explain this to us. Um, I get it. Well, now that I, know, I don't, I've well, I've confused myself so much okay. that I don't even know what my you argument should have is recognized anymore. The dream. Basically, back, it's go it's, back to your notes and just read it out loud. That whole paragraph. You had a whole. Well, I, I didn't. I didn't write it well. So if you had to choose one person in this movie to be a time bandit, who would it be? <laughs> Definitely I Jose. Think I think yeah. it was Jose. Jose's oh. a t- yeah. <laughs> It's racist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of racism, I uh-huh. would like to move on to... Uh, oh, yeah. Let's get to the, the racism of this movie. Well, mm-hmm. the, the portrayal specifically of black women mm-hmm. is not great. No, it's oh, not. Oh, yeah. Just like... Airport woman at the yeah. end. And the mother who he calls in 1990 yes. and gets the wrong number. And mm-hmm. she seemed like she was a single mom with like four or five kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, overwhelmed and they were all Mm -hmm. yelling and banging on stuff like one kid was just taking spices and peanut butter out of a cabinet Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) (laughs) is that just a regular day in that household come on yeah yeah not Uh, great but i mean this is a very white movie but uh i I can't help but notice stuff like that anymore also the portrayal of a mental illness let's talk about that for a second because i was kind of first of all last week we watched the movie Snatch. Mm. It's another white movie, pretty white. Well, actually, no. There's a lot of British black people in it. The dude from uh, the dude from The Walking Dead is in it. He's great. Um, a lot of, but it's a gangster guy Ritchie movie. Mm-hmm. Brad Pitt steals the movie. But that, that movie one. also still has like you've got, and then there's the two black yes. gangsters. Yeah, that's so. true. That's true. Um, Brad Pitt steals the movie. He's like the Irish guy who says, "Hey, you like yeah. dags? You like dags? Dags? Uh, steals the movie. Definitely the breakout star in that. Mm-hmm. Cut to this." I'm, I read very briefly on Wikipedia without looking at the plot. Brad Pitt was Oscar nominated for Best Supporting Actor for the movie 12 Monkeys. And I was like, that is exciting. And he's young. It's 1995. His hottest role. He had done. He's so hot in this movie. You see his butt. He's pretty hot. You do see his butt. That's honestly the I, biggest continuity time-wise error is like Bruce Willis's butt changes so much throughout this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. I it's think like, wait, you see it three looks, different times. Yeah, exactly. Mm. It's like his butt definitely looks older at this point. They shot oh. this at a weird point. You know, <laughs> I think Brad Pitt is at his hottest. I'm just going to go with Ocean's 11 just because I really? love the character of Rusty. You just yeah. like him eating. Always eating. You just love to the watch suits, Brad Pitt chew. He pulls it off. That's what I think, where I think he's the hottest, but Thelma and Louise, he is 
Domino That's what he's supposed to be. Super yeah. hot. Oh, mm-hmm. you know what else? You know the movie he's really hot in? Is Micho Black. When he has that. I've never that? seen it. That I haven't seen it either. Isn't he like has, death or something in it? He is. Uh, okay. Let me tell you guys about the movie <laughs> Meet Joe Black. Please. Introduce um, us to Joe Black. It has the most unintentionally hilarious moment in an otherwise serious movie. Brad Pitt's a guy who meets a girl very quickly, meets a woman, and they flirt a little bit. And he, as he's walking away, like he gets hit by a car, and it is the gnarliest, but like so, so funny. most shocking, funny because it's like a dummy that they use, but it looks very real. And like he bounces on like four different cars, like boom, 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 like pinball. They just overdid it. He's super dead, and then that is when the oh, entity of death, super dead. super dead, like takes over his body and goes back and tries to interact with people. And then the woman's that's father, what that movie is about. Yes, the, because death wants to like walk around in a human body and experience what being alive is like, and falls in love again with that same woman that he was flirting with. And her father is played by Anthony Hopkins, who has like cancer or something. So there's a lot of like, I vaguely remember like the discussions of death and blah blah blah. Just that car scene, man. The the, the car accident. The guy getting hit by car makes you laugh every time. Burned into my brain. It is so shocking. It's like hysterical. It's I'm awful for laughing at it, but it's so out of nowhere. Anyway, that's Micho Black. It's Brad like that Pitt. part in Deadpool when he hugs him and it. jumps in front of the truck. Yeah, which is really sad, but it is it's also so funny, or the though. part in Deadpool two. That's what I meant. It was another from Deadpool movie 2. with a number in it. Brad Pitt's mm. in that as well. Exactly. He does all the number movies. So, uh, what so yeah, so. Too? What were we talking Bruce about? Willis. I don't know. We're talking about how hot uh, Brad Pitt Brad is Pitt. in the movie Seven. Yeah. Oh. He's pretty hot in the movie Seven. How, what, Until what he starts is... crying about his wife, then it's not so hot. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, just that kidding. totally is a boner killer for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, as soon as I see Gwyneth Paltrow's head, yeah. I'm like, on board. And then he starts crying. <laughs> You're like, come on. No. We're talking um, about mental illness. That's true. Brad Pitt in this. He comes he, he he comes on the scene for the first time, and uh, I thought his performance was way over the top because mm-hmm. in 1995, I can imagine that that was a very bold and interesting and compelling character choice. Well, it's almost like the f- same year as Forrest Gump. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like the how like in, like how strong of a choice Heath Ledger was making to be the Joker with all his little ticks and different mannerisms. Like he's just so captivating to watch. That's Brad Pitt in this movie. The problem is, is that this one he's leaning in too far into it's it. It's so cartoony. He's doing mm-hmm. all of them. It's over the top that I'm like, I don't think a performance like this would get any recognition from like the Academy now today because it's no. it, right. It's, it came across as insensitive. Well, also, at and, what point had uh, what's Ian Gilbert Grape come out? Uh, well, I One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest had come out 20 years yeah, before this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think Gilbert Grape was, I want to say, early 90s. I think so, Just yeah. Just like grounded, more yeah, grounded performances. My favorite performance of an actor playing a person that has uh, like mental learning disabilities or a handicap of some kind um or um yeah that's my is leonardo dicaprio which i think is just very honest and very like i buy it but brad pitt in this is doing all the little ticks and all the little movements and he's like shooing things away with his hand constantly and like i it felt really it was like you guys are saying he was he 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 saw like a documentary of mental illness and just decided to do everything that every person mm-hmm. like had yeah. all of them he's like i'll just do all or of just them. watch one floor of the cuckoo's nest and it's like i'm gonna take every single yeah. thing mm-hmm. from each of these people from all the characters and into one do so it. so uh you know i didn't love it his eyes were cool though he had a weird eye thing i yeah. thought he was he was good. He was good. He was good, mm-hmm. but it's but it's but a, you can it was like just a, see through it too much. It was like a stylistic too much choice. Of a caricature. And it's one of the rare times where like Brad Plitt Plitt <laughs> I'll go home. Uh when <laughs> Don't you have to finish explaining your drawing. Yeah, that drawing. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. I figured it out. Um, okay. No, whenever he's like playing a character cuz he's not really a character actor. He's Brad Pitt, so he yeah. plays Brad yeah. Pitt roles. Yeah. Um so it was, it was yeah, it's interesting to see him in a role like that, but definitely not a an accurate representation of mental illness i would no. say nor i mean i um have not spent any time in a psychiatric hospital uh, thankfully mm-hmm. but my sister has worked in one mm. and um i would wager a, a guess that how the people behave in that in this like in those scenes in the movie is not totally accurate but um yeah. you know yeah. It it's, was the nineties. It was the nineties. True, but, like uh, but, mental hospital horror was a genre at yeah. that point. Right. Yeah. 
And it's and very so. dismissive and it's not, the movie's not about like talking about mental illness. The movie's just trying to use that as, as, a, a plot point. as a plot point to be like, if somebody went back in time and said they were from the future, we would all think they're crazy. And that's, yeah. and that's the, that's basically it. That's like the depth of that, mm-hmm. which is kind of a bummer, but the, the core concept of 12 monkeys to me is still so compelling. My overall thoughts of the movie are like, do you want to watch the show now? Yeah. It's like, I love the idea still. I don't think I ever need to watch 12 monkeys from 1995, the movie ever again. Mm-hmm. I, think I I'm hope fine. the show doesn't lean too hard on this. Uh, on what the mental illness? No, just the movie. The, oh, oh just, like, I know. Hope they don't try to make it look like the movie too much. I, I, yeah. There's the screen I, orb. Which yeah. is weird. It, it made and zero the sense. Ball. Apparently, the ball. apparently led to a lawsuit. Did some other like actual European designer or something, some actual artist, sued the movie and said, "Hey, that's my thing that I designed, and they used it without my permission or whatever, and won." Oh. And originally, they're going to take those scenes out, but then and that's why that settled. Don Quixote movie never got made. Maybe, but then they settled <laughs> because the guy got a six-figure settlement. Apparently, Whoa. anywhere between a hundred and nine hundred thousand dollars to, so, to, to so that you it's guys like, want yeah, to tape can, some phones to a use my orb globe you can yeah sue a movie studio, sue a movie that, studio. That will inevitably do that no he probably was in the right and yeah, cool right. that he got his money you know but what? like Fuck that guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh but uh but back to just like my overall thoughts are like i am glad i watched it i was i thought it i think it's a good movie mm-hmm. and, and bruce willis is good in it too yes he yeah. is and it's not something it's, that happens often it's a role that i think he is at he is best at where like he gets to shit kicked out of him throughout because he's good at acting that and he actually tries in this one yeah and he is uh he's a character that's mostly silent and very internal and very like you know thinking all the time because the more bruce willis talks the more i don't buy him and whatever he's <laughs> that's you know a what I mean? good yeah. point so when he's silent Unless it's the just, sixth sense and it's like man Mm-hmm. I definitely want that person treating my child. <laughs> Speaking of, there's a moment in 12 Monkeys where Bruce Willis says, like, all I see are dead people. Yeah, and it's he like, does. um, is that where the idea for The Sixth Sense came from? Probably. Did M. Night just... Was watching Come that. on, M. Night. Come on. And he was like, that's it. That's my idea. No, we decided that yeah. this is the sequel to Unbreakable it slash is. Glass slash yeah, Split. I feel like Christopher Nolan also watched this movie and was like, that's my idea for Inception whenever mm. later on in the movie... Um, Bruce Willis is worried that he gave Brad Pitt's character, he like incepted him with the idea to like release the virus and that ends up to not be true. But genocide. Sure. Yeah. There's some inception there. You see, and there's so many interesting ideas in this movie that that's making me curious to watch these four seasons of this TV show because it's like, I want them to go into that. They'll really dive into it. You could, you could do, you could dive into the self-fulfilling prophecy paradoxal nature of time travel. You could, you could actually dive into, well, we're going to do an accurate representation of mental illness you know, like how interesting would that be if somebody does go back in time and no matter how many tests they run, he cannot prove it. And they're like, okay, this is unique, but you do have, you have a mental illness and we're going to try to treat it. It's like, then let's go into the specifics of that. That would be, where'd you get the sports almanac? <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Um, Caitlin, what are the time travel movies do you like? Um, back to the I, future trilogy. Back to, yes. Harry Potter three. Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, I enjoyed Looper. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I would classify Terminator and Terminator 2 as time travel Absolutely. movies. Where's um, the kid follow? Fall <laughs> favorite. Number okay. one. Best. Correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's, I'm sure there's some I'm forgetting, um, but I don't know. What are some other ones? That's all? The time machine is not <laughs> time machine, a good... Guy Pierce's time machine. Um, you guys which are talking about Men in Black Three, like a, yeah. which I have not seen. Uh, not good. Mm-hmm. The time travel uh, time machine movie is I like it. Oh, it's good. The time machine movie, the time machine with yeah. Guy Pierce. Yeah, I like it. It's bad, but I like it. Who directed that? I don't know, like but Samantha. Roland remember Emmerich Samantha Mumba? Samantha Mumba's in it, and Orlando Jones plays like a holographic library. Oh so I like yeah, that. and the like Morlocks. The Morlocks look cool, but it's a bad movie. Yeah. So I just pulled up on. Uh, about time, time. yeah i haven't seen that is time that traveler's wife is another one i don't care for either of those especially okay. interstellar um that counts that i would say count but that's more of like a, a dimension yeah relativity travel. Stuff, yeah. edge of tomorrow i like that a lot okay. edge of tomorrow is very good. x-men days of future past oh that's right there is a bunch of time travel in those movies <laughs> um sure i'm here for that days of future past and star time. trek yeah the first J. and the fourth trek. season of lost yes and star Ooh. trek for the voyage home where they go to the 80s and get whales remember oh, that one i don't remember that i haven't no. seen that no <gasps> so we sorry. haven't seen it it's don't so hard gasp at us having <gasps> not seen the story Four so, Star Trek movies. Source code, not great. Didn't not like familiar. it. familiar. That's from the director of Moon. 
Dustin really? Jones. Really? That was a okay. time travel movie? Yeah, there's like I didn't know that. Well, kind. Of, it's like it's like we're gonna jump your consciousness into. I think the it's director kinda, of Warcraft, kind of like Lost, and yeah, director of Warcraft. Uh, Midnight in Paris didn't like it. Fuck Woody Allen. Yeah. Fuck Woody Allen. Boo, Primer Woody Allen. is uh, too someone else heady. I would too. say okay. too intellectual. I like my well, time like travel to be lowbrow, please. Exactly. <laughs> oh, so the Lake House. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. for me. <laughs> uh, what was the other one? Remember Anything you guys remember? Keanu Reeves. You guys remember the movie Frequency with Jim Caviezel? Yes, that's Dennis. a great I, movie. I, I like that Dude, a Dennis lot. Dennis Quaid and Jim Caviezel. Yeah. Let's watch that. Yeah, let's watch it because <laughs> they track down a serial killer or something. Yeah. Yes. And then at the end, yeah. Dennis Quaid. He's Don't even say it. He's, Don't he's even alive because Jim Caviezel, his son, saves him by telling him, warning him, and then he just walks in. He's like, "Son," and he's older. I'm Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. I'm the rookie. Man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and the greatest time travel movie of all time, if it counts, it counts. Groundhog Day. Oh, Groundhog sure. Day. Yeah. It's the best. Uh, the hot Tub Time Machine is, yeah, you okay. know, it's a funny cop. Uh, Donnie funny. Darko is, uh, is that a don't, time travel? Don't like Donnie Darko. Mm-hmm. Kind of, it's weird. Sort it's too of. heady. That's another, like, interdimensional 13 kind of thing. Going on 30? I haven't seen Donnie Darko. I saw Darko. that for the first time recently, 13 it's Going on 30. It's charming. Is, uh, oh, Safety Not Guaranteed. Especially for, like, a 2000s uh, rom-com. 13 Going, 13 going, going yeah. Isn't yeah. too... Can't go wrong with Mark Ruffalo, Jennifer Garner. Yeah. Cannot mm. go wrong. Bill and Ted. Mm. Oh yeah, Austin Powers the Spy Who Shagged. Bill me. and Ted is what Time <laughs> Bandit should have been. Mm, agreed. Star Trek First Contact. That's another one. That's a good one. Didn't see yeah, it. Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. There you go. Kate and Leopold. That's what's up. Army of Darkness. That's Kate fun. Kate and Leopold. That's Army what's of Darkness. Oh yeah, he goes back to oh medieval and, times. Yeah. Uh, Ninja Turtles Three. Yeah, we don't. Oh, the original that's bad. trilogy. We, I don't it's a like bad it. movie, but bad. they go back we have to, to acknowledge feudal. that it is an Every, airtight time travel movie. Everybody <laughs> thinks it's called. Everybody thinks it's called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 Turtles in Time. It's not. It, the video tur- game yeah. was called Turtles in Time, and it became so thought to be that that when they put it out on DVD at some point, they actually printed on their TMNT 3 Turtles in Time. It's because Crazy. New Line Cinema didn't give a shit. Guys, oh my God, Planet of the Apes is such a good time travel movie. The original 1968 oh, classic. Yeah. Charles Neston goes into the future. Uh, and that's all of them. And this is the short film that inspired... La Jetty. This is our more. first time travel or second time travel movie on the list thus far. After back to unless the you count too. Superman Returns, because technically he had time traveled at some point <laughs> to save Lois Lane's life. <laughs> yeah, that's oh yeah, I don't like that. That's dumb. It's a bad movie, and I love Superman, but yeah, no, Superman Returns is real bad. Um, more importantly, Caitlin. Yes. If you could pick a movie to exist on a new list of the 500 greatest movies of all time, what movie would you pick? I would pick The Full Monty. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Really? Yes. Have you seen it? No. I, you haven't oh, seen you it. Already, you already put it in there, Keller? I did. Nicely done. Yeah. I'm quick. Excellent. Uh, a lot of I people have not seen it. Time. A lot of people are not familiar. <laughs> <laughs> you were a kid. You saw yourself get shot exactly. at an it's airport. Like, I got to get that uh. shirt. <laughs> <laughs> now, I really, I'm going to go home and I'm going to th- try to figure out what it. I I'm meant. I'm excited for the diagram. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to draw... Are you going to watch picture. the movie again? Probably. No, just to Caitlin, figure it out. No, just start the show. You just love the movie. Do the pilot. You've seen it twice in the past two days. I know. Give yourself a break. Um, but I will. But this still is up this. there in your top seventy-five after the eight-year gap since the last time you saw it. Um, I would have to really like sit down and mm-hmm. compile a list. Mm, but, you should. Um, you should. I do really enjoy this movie. Uh, the Full Monty, though, is great. Check it out if you haven't. Uh, it's a British comedy from 1997, the year of our Titanic. Um, yes, the year of our Lord our Titanic. Titanic. Our Lord, Lord Titanic. Titanic. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I... Um, it sucks that day when that ship hit that iceberg and God died. In 1997. <laughs> yeah, in 1912. And God died. And our God died. And was resurrected in 1997. <laughs> As a Kate Winslet Leonardo DiCaprio vehicle. Praise James Cameron. Praise James Cameron. That's right. Blessed be James Cameron who Blessed gave us... Blessed be the second VHS tape. Avatar and Piranhas 2. This is a joke that I have been doing for stand-up, but I'm going to share it here. Please. Uh, I think it's a missed opportunity that the first and second VHS tapes of Titanic were not called the bow and the stern. <laughs> or what, whichever... I don't know what the port order is. Port and starboard. <laughs> We're going to pop in port tonight. Tomorrow night, starboard. Starboard, y'all. We're going down. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What, let me ask you a question. Why yeah. would you? Why didn't you pick Titanic and you picked the full Monty over well, Titanic? Well, tell us the other options that you ran through. Mm. Yeah, I had a few. Okay. Uh, Paddington. Paddington. Paddington 2. Wow. Well, Paddington and Paddington 2 
Paddington 2 might be the greatest children's film made in the last 20 years. Children's <laughs> film? It's the greatest film, period. It might be the greatest film, period, in the last guys. 100 years. <laughs> guys, I don't know. Hot Rod came out in 2008. Uh, well. <laughs> that is a great children's film. Get the fuck off my porch. Uh, I also considered Mad Max Fury Road. Mm. It is so good. I love it. One of we the have, best action movies. We have that in 3D, in the last too. 20 years. And we have in 3D and we'll the black over. and white Chrome. version. Chrome. Chrome. Mad Max Fury Road, a great movie that has one of my favorite moments. We saw it twice in two of, uh I was too stoned that one time. It freaked me out. Remember? Oh, yeah. We did going? an edible in the parking lot, yeah, yeah. and you watched it, and, and it had a out. weird stain on the screen. Yeah. No. That was, was that what it was? There was a weird out. stain on the screen. I freaked also. out at the bird part, the, per, oh. the part where the people that are That part is stilts, awful. The still people oh, at yeah. night, and they don't explain it. I was like too, I was like, mm. Keller, I was scared. <laughs> he did. He cried um, in my shoulder. One of my favorite moments of recent history big budget blockbuster movies that is a great example of not toxic masculinity is where max rockatensky gives Charlize theron the, the gun because he knows yes. she's a better shot mm-hmm. and she has one arm and still gives her the gun and he does and that a few times throughout the yeah, movie to get to be like you got this like and like gives she's you know obviously got offers this. up his shoulder and it's great and it's mm-hmm. not something that it's it would be so easy to in that world especially which is super macho and super, you know, and even the whole premise of the movie is like these women are trying to escape being like wives, you know, slave, enslaved mm-hmm. wives. Like there's a and there's lot. just all these badass women living out in the desert. Yeah, yeah, yes. And it would be so easy to, in that world, just like make the main male character like super macho. Die hard type. And they almost totally. trick you into it. Yeah. Because the first time he sees them, they're all just like half naked with mm-hmm. water dripping all over them. Mm-hmm. And well, then, yeah, I had, like, oh, I had this argument with someone where I'm like, he like, cause he does threaten them. Like he mm-hmm. holds a gun to their faces for mm-hmm. a large yeah. chunk of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? Well, like that didn't need to happen. Mm-hmm. And the person I was talking with was like, he's traumatized. He lost everyone. And he's mm-hmm. an animal. All he cares about is survival. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he also, sure? they are also in one of the trucks that came from the place that he just got. Right. They, they're, repeatedly getting raped by Morton yeah. Joe. Like mm-hmm. they are also victims of trauma. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they're not, you know, it anyway, mm-hmm. it's a great movie. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so why the full Monty over all of those? Uh, because, uh, well, because no one else is going to pick the full Monty. Nice. You love that. Movie. Other people nice. are going to pick Titanic. Other people are going to pick Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. Someone's going to pick Paddington two, obviously, they better. but no one else I would imagine, um, is going to pick the full Monty and it deserves to be on a uh, best movie list. That's so. awesome. More so than 12 monkeys. Do you think 12 monkeys deserves to be in the top 500 greatest movies of all time? say yeah maybe i mean look 500 seems like a lot Mm -hmm. but when you actually flip through the pages it's like i say uh, we give terry gilliam one if it (laughs) give him one (laughs) yeah and it'd be this one over fear and loathing yes this one over fear and loathing but if we're giving him one can is he sharing a co-director credit because then it's got to be holy grail holy grail Grail. Uh, that is a monty python movie i wonder how much direction there really was like okay we're all gonna go fucking do the bit now do we need to give terry gilliam one he's a piece of shit oh just kidding yeah terry (laughs) gilliam is a piece of shit it's it's like look part of this podcast is this list came out in 2008 it's from empire magazine we watched in the company of men have you seen in the company of men don't but it sounds terrible i never never want to be in the company of men am i right (laughs) seriously Um, but this is a part of the discussion is we're talking about what are the types of what is the demographic that made up this list Mm -hmm. and furthermore who are the types of people that get to decide what are the greatest art or movies are in history and it's mostly going to be male and it's mostly going to be white and in this case it's a lot of it british and in this case is so we're talking about that and it's like does it feels like for me in the past year really that we've been doing this uh maybe like one in three weeks am i like oh yeah this movie is one of the good this movie deserves to be you know everything there's nothing tainting the movie that we watch. Yeah, and even if a movie is still tainted and I'm like, yeah, The Deer Hunter does not have a great representation of Asian people. In fact, it's very bad. The yeah. Deer Hunter is still this great movie that is that has and great that actually befo- delves yeah. into the trauma faced by Vietnam. Right. For what it, for shit. what it does, I'm like The Deer Hunter absolutely should be in the top 500, but but like there's so many other movies that I'm that I can think of other especially that was like 
five years out of Vietnam. Yeah, man. Out of the mm. Vietnam War. So, but I'm thinking of movies that came out in the past ten years that could easily, you know, replace. Yeah. Oh, sure. As some as, as being greater. So, but I had a really good time watching Twelve Monkeys. Me it too. was really interesting and compelling the whole way through. Some great performances. Sets some, were awesome. Yeah. Everything yes. Yeah, the pretty production cool. design. Yeah. Really pretty cool. cool. Really cool for the future world, uh, like the apocalyptic world, where he goes up to—is it Baltimore or Philadelphia? Philadelphia, uh, and everything was snowy. I don't know who shoots his stuff, but I, no, just I think don't that's super Philadelphia. Love. Yeah, but all the animals running around Philadelphia was cool, except cool. for when they looked real fake. Yeah, it was like cool. Those giraffes. So <laughs> yeah, but Caitlin, you picked the full Monty. Caitlin, I think it's, I'm like I'm like is my that, brain is. That's in your top ten movies, though, right? I would say so. Yes. Full Monty. Is that wow. one of your like favorite comedies? Yes. Wow. For okay. sure. Can you can you just if you can pick another nine run th- run us through what you would maybe right now think of if, as your top ten because that's how this Ooh. list was compiled is everybody like readers and some other people wrote in just their top ten and then they put mm-hmm. it all together so what would be your top ten? I would say um, uh, Jurassic Park. Okay, Same. Good. Uh, probably Back to the Future would still be up there. Awesome. Good. Thelma and Louise. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Paddington. Paddington. Paddington or Paddington one and two, two or both. I would let's lump them together. Pick into one. one movie okay, and- that's fine. <laughs> okay. We'll take. Uh, yeah. Well, if I had to pick Paddington two. Paddington yeah. two. The Full Monty. The Full Monty. Um, Indiana Jones and Last Crusade. Even Whoa. though all of those movies, yeah. Crusade. Last Crusade. I know everyone. You just you about love to say, Sean Connery. I know that Raiders is the better movie, but right. Crusade you, is more fun. Were you about to say that even though all those movies are super problematic? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah. favorite is The Temple of Doom. <laughs> That's Uh-oh. the most problematic. <laughs> the most, but I love it so much. Short Round, make me cry. And Short Round is my favorite character. He's the best. Uh. He's the best. <laughs> when he starts crying, he's so uh, sad. Indy, I love you. <laughs> okay. All right. <clears throat> I would put... Uh, Fury Road up there. Max Fury Road. Titanic, probably. Yeah. Uh, What, I have two more? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Some some comedies. What do you got? Oh, probably Groundhog Day. Wow. Great. And I would say finally... Moana. (sighs) Moana is really far. Finding Nemo. I'm going to say Terminator 2. Terminator 2. Yes. Please get that on 3D. God damn it. I'm going to. I'm going to. That's what you're getting for your birthday. I'm going to order it. Happy birthday. Thanks, man. It's coming up. You're getting Terminator 2. Got to import it. I'll do, do it. this. I'll do it. I'll call the people who wrote this magazine and be like, send me this shit. <laughs> that's a good, that's a solid top 10. It Thank is you. Such a and good can top I do 10. an honorable mention of yes. uh, Josie and the Pussycats? <gasps> really? Have you seen it? Yes. I have not seen it. It's so good. Isn't it one good. of the, like, <laughs> it it's is, very funny? Without exaggeration, probably the best adaptation of a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Yeah. Easily. It's better than the Flintstones. Better than Yogi Bear. Better than Scooby Doo's. Better than Yogi Bear. Better than the Smurfs. Fuck TJ Miller. Better than Top Cat. <laughs> I haven't seen Top Cat. There's a uh, Top Cat movie? Yeah, but I think it only came out in Latin America. Oh. Mm. Yeah. I think it's El Tapo Gato. I don't know. I'm in. <laughs> Probably not. Um, Hanna-Barbera. I love those characters. Scooby-Doo. Have, hasn't been a good movie since 1998. When did Josie and the Pussycats the come out? I think 2000, 2001. 2001. The Flintstones, I loved it. The Jetsons that first, needs one. That's what I'm saying. The Jetsons needs For one. For years, my dream cast. I'll direct it. Okay. My Caitlin's dream casting was Jetsons. Jim Carrey as George Jetson. Diane Lane as Jane Jetson. Okay. Uh, pick whoever you want for Judy and Elroy. It's just got to be, you know what? Probably like Ariana Grande is like Judy Jetson. <laughs> uh, and then and Pete Davidson 20 is. years ago, I would have said Haley Joel Osment is Elroy Jetson, but he's now he's like a 20 year old. True. Can't do that. Well, let's get him. A CG dog for Astro. Yeah. Danny DeVito for uh, uh, Mr. Spacely. Not Danny DeVito for the robot butler. No, Rosie. That's yeah. the voice of Rosie O'Donnell. Ooh. As Rosie the Butler, in the it's Jetsons. so good. That's my dream. That's cast what you have to do. But Josie and the Pussycats is and it's great. Like, why does yes. she sound like the, <laughs> the gorilla in Tarzan? <laughs> Turk, yeah, same thing. Yeah. Um, great. Well, I think we covered everything. Everything. And we almost got to the bottom of that diagram, and my brain feels like it was almost there, but we'll figure it out. I'm gonna write it out. I'm gonna draw it out. I'm gonna share it with everyone because I will figure out what I'm trying I'm to say. I'm sending it to Terry. Okay. <laughs> it's gonna say, "Fuck you, Terry." <laughs> Here's what your movie means. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, wow. That's so fun, Caitlin. Thanks. Where can people find you and your work online? 
You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Caitlin Durante. You can listen to my movie podcast, The Bechtel Cast, where we talk about the portrayal, treatment, representation of women mm-hmm. in mainstream Hollywood movies and how it's usually very, very bad. This movie doesn't pass. Mm. This it movie doesn't? has one female character, essentially. Yeah. Other than the <laughs> yeah. one who's like, I work in insurance. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, there's a few, uh, you know, Side, smaller parts, yeah. but no there's only name. one main female character and... I yeah. Does she talk to any other women? Uh, I don't think she talks to any she other talks women. She talks to a friend of hers. Yeah, yeah, she does. So about the, a patient or something wouldn't pass the Bechtel test. Would not pass. Nope. But uh, uh, yeah, so you can uh, listen to that podcast and follow that at Bechtelcast on Twitter and Instagram. Listen to that podcast. It's better than ours. It is. To no. our one reviewer who gave us three stars on iTunes because he, he because he said our podcast was too political, too left leaning. <sighs> We would just like to say, you know, we heard your criticisms and I'm we taking really it to heart have taken and it I'm to... I'm shitting it out of my heart's blood That's right. Uh, big old <laughs> fuck you, buddy. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but also, please keep listening. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's fine. You can keep listening or not. But this, this, that's what this podcast is yeah, exactly. It, we're gonna about. only. It's gonna get worse. Yeah, <laughs> it, I, I have a feeling you only are upset at this because like I saw that review and I was like, well, Caitlin's about to be on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're like exactly host the, of the Bechtel host cast. Of the Bechtel yeah. cast. Um, you, you know, you might only have those feelings because they're just politics that you disagree with. If we were, but that's not politics, guys. I know it's human decency. Yes. If we were praising how much we love Kelsey Grammer. And because uh, uh, he's a uh, uh, conservative actor in Hollywood, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and, so. and James Woods, you would be like, "Oh, this is a great podcast." You exactly. would, you would not be like, "Hey, this is too political," even though I agree with you. So it's only because you disagree with us, and you don't think that uh, everybody should have equal rights. And um, so, why don't you open up that little mind of yours? Equality. So, yeah, why don't you try doing that? Don't you ever tell us how to live <laughs> our lives again? So, one more time to that specific reader, and listener, fuck you. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. But thanks for listening. Why don't you? Climb up a ladder, <laughs> find yourself in a really nice treehouse. Oh, look, another ladder. Let's keep going up. Where does this go? Oh, this is such a nice space for you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Caitlin, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I've <laughs> had a great time. Uh, we had a blast really stressing you out and making you do that drawing. That was a lot of fun. It's and really thank good. you for being a good sport about that. It's a beautiful that. drawing. The kid and Die Hard. <laughs> We really hope you had fun. I did. Uh, I sure okay, did. Good. And we'd love to have you back in 2019. Oh, we're adding to the drawing. We have, okay, we have <laughs> the labels. Kid the Kid and, and Die Hard. Hard. The thing that's crazy about this is yes. that she wrote The Kid outside of the circle. I was going to say the same thing. And wrote Die Hard within the circle. Yes, that's part of it. That's, that's part crazy. of the analysis. That's crazy. That's part of the exactly. analysis. Because he's not, he's not, he is, he is the kid. The whole circle but, is But, you kid. know, it's not like who he is. Right. Die Hard? That's who he, he is. He is fucking Die Hard. He's Die Hard. <laughs> this is great. All right, Caitlin wants to leave, so we gotta, <laughs> we gotta let her go. We gotta, we gotta, okay, we gotta okay, set her okay, free. Okay. All right, guys. Uh, next week, Keller, what's our movie gonna be, and who's our guest gonna be? Next week, after this week, we will be watching Seven Brides for Seven Brothers with Kimmy Lucas. Mm, so okay, that movie's also weird and problematic because <laughs> it is just about seven brothers deciding that they're gonna kidnap seven brides. Oh, my favorite premise yeah from Very you know what it's another it's similar to 12 monkeys in that way <laughs> <laughs> and i just grabbed my little uh my little app on my phone um to let everybody know where they can it's find the it smallest app on your it's phone a tiny little app it is streaming on filmstruck oh good so it's available on film we have filmstruck highly recommend some of filmstruck. the best dancing in a musical you'll oh. ever see wait though. do you have an app that tells you where you can stream yes it, it's <gasps> called, it is called uh just watch Whoa, or just watch dude i've been needing this download my this whole life. so and it lets you, you know, even like Let's you know where it's free and then like where you can rent and buy it. And if you Whoa. can't, if you guys don't have Filmstruck, it is rentable on uh, for three bucks on like PlayStation, uh, uh, Microsoft, whatever that is. It's probably rentable on iTunes. It's probably rentable on Amazon. And you can also like decide, like tell it what streaming services you have and it'll mm. tell you what's being released on each of those oh, every cool. day that they're released. So oh, that's Seven Brides yeah. for so Seven like Brothers. So like today, September 1st, it'll tell you all the new shit added to Netflix that's and cool. HBO and whatnot. That's no cool. way. It's helpful as hell. Okay. So, this is not sponsored by that. Yeah, that's going to be, and our guest is going to be Kimmy Lucas. So that's going to be her. fantastic. Yeah, so thank you again, Caitlin. Thank you for having me. This thank was a pleasure. Thank you so much. This was awesome. So we'll see you guys next week for Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. That was 12 Monkeys. Guys, bye. See you later. Bye. 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 Bye.